And we're back. We're going to continue our series on Candidate Spotlight. We're going to be talking about the 11th Congressional District. That's here in the greater Cuyahoga County, uh, Cleveland area, and parts of Summit County. The 11th Congressional District is open because uh, Marsha Fudge was actually uh, appointed to the Department of HUD uh, by Mr. Biden. And so now the seat is open. And so there is a special primary on August 3rd that's coming up quickly. The Ohio Christian Alliance will have education material, a voter guide available for both the 16th Congressional District and the 11th Congressional District of those candidates that filled out and completed the Ohio Christian Alliance Candidate Survey. We also want to let you know about our Freedom Banquet coming up Friday, September 17th at the Akron Fairlawn Hilton, and we're celebrating our 30 years of serving the people of Ohio, the, uh, serving the people of faith of Ohio. And our keynote speaker will be Bill Fetter that night, and we uh, want to see you out there. And, of course, you can register at ohioca.org. Well, with us on the phone is Laverne Gore. She is a candidate for the 11th Congressional District, and she uh, will be on the fall uh, the uh, excuse me the August ballot of August 3rd, and she's a Republican running in that special primary. And let's talk a little bit about Laverne. In fact, you can follow her on her website at Laverne Gore, the number four congress.com. Laverne, welcome to the program. Wow, thank you, Chris. That was. You have so many things going on, and I am so impressed. I am. I come to your dinner every year, and I have for the last four years, and I just think it's an incredible event, and I think everybody should make it their business to register and get there. It's really, really well done. Well, thank you. It's great having you as well. I'm looking at one of your flyers that our mutual friend Jack Boyle sent over to me and your candidacy for the district. I know that you've been making a lot of stops and meeting with folks in the district. And, of course, you've been talking on issues of education, uh, the economy, health care. Uh, mm-hmm. And you've been talking uh, with the folks about how to turn around things in the 11th Congressional District, uh, which actually includes parts of East Cleveland. So there's some folks who really need some help. I know over the years the issue of literacy has been a question in the 11th District for people to get jobs and training and training jobs uh, to the end of the trades. Literacy is a challenge in that district. But you're, this is not as strange to you because you grew up in Greater Cleveland. Tell us about yeah. your past. Well, let me just start out by saying, you know, I grew up in the inner city of Cleveland. Uh, as I like to tell people, I had these great parents. Because uh, we grew up in uh, poverty, but I had two wonderful parents, and there are nine of us. And I guess back in those days, nine kids didn't frighten anybody. It frightens me now, but uh, just great parents. And there were nine children, and I don't think we knew we were poor until, you know, you grow up and you find out God was poor. But my parents believed and instilled in us God and an ability to believe in yourself through hard work. Now, I grew up on 92nd and Huff, and I don't know if many of your listeners know where that's at, but that's deep into the heart of the city. We uh, were around during the Huff riots where things got a little bit shaky, and the uh, African-American community was kind of unstable back then as it is now, but in a different way. Uh, Right now, you know, as I said, I went to the Cleveland Public School System, I graduated from John Adams High School, which is a, you know, metropolitan school district uh, high school. And then I went on for a full shot. Now, remember back then, Cleveland public schools were 25th in the nation. I went on 
to go to the Claremont Colleges on a full scholarship, academic scholarship, and competed successfully, got my degree in organizational studies and uh, economics. I went on to get my master's in education at the Cleveland State University. And then I continued. I went and got my master's in public health from the Northeastern Ohio College of Medicine. Now, all of those things, I think, were driven into me, well, by my parents, because an ability to succeed was very important to them. But for this time, having a master's in public health with populations as my specialty, group populations as my specialty in public health and education kind of makes it a very, very exciting time for me here in the 11th District. You do know, I I don't know if you are aware, Chris, but the 11th District is home to the most impoverished uh, city in the nation. It's the number one poorest district in America. Now, but that's a misnomer in a lot of sense because the 11th district is surrounded by extreme wealth because we have extremely affluent suburbs. And then over in Summit County, another uh, to the south and to the east, we have extreme, but right in the middle is extreme poverty. And you're absolutely right. Illiteracy. I mean, how do you get illiteracy at this rate in 2021? I mean, somebody's not doing something. Somebody's not paying attention. But the biggest thing we can talk about in our communities right now is race relations. When we can't read, we live in the most impoverished district in America. This is the 11th district. But the only thing that we're being pointed in the direction of is that we have to have this inner fight with the issue of race. And I think I was at a meeting this weekend. And uh, one of the people said, you know, who's tired of race? Now, there were 300 African-Americans there, right? They all raised their hand. Who's tired of our country being divided by the issue of race? So I said the same thing when I was at a crowd of Republicans, which happened to be a majority, and they're tired, too. So somebody's orchestrating this whole issue so that we stay divided. When we have so many more issues, we have issues of health care, we have issues of illiteracy, and we have issues here in the 11th District, not of extreme problems, but housing. If you come here right now, if you were to drive through the 11th District right on Shaker Square, we have a homeless woman and her children living at a bus stop. Who, who would have thought? Who would have thought? But we're not concerned about those kinds of things. We have an educational system that has a D minus, and nobody cares about that. I don't understand how we are letting the greatest country in the world, which is America, be divided to the point that we're not paying attention to the normal, every average, everyday citizen. We're talking, we're, we're talking with Laverne Gore. She is a candidate for the 11th Congressional District. She's running in the Republican primary for August 3rd for the special election of uh, the 11th Congressional District. Again, it is an open seat, and currently the 11th District is without a representative. Laverne, I want to continue about you know focusing on education in the 11th District, as you mentioned. Uh, some of the candidates in years past have talked about the illiteracy uh, issue in the 11th district, you know, because you want to bring in trades programs, 
Uh, in fact, Senator Portman is working on a trade. Well, yes. well, well, Senator Portman is working on a trades bill right now. Uh, there's also trades bills at the Ohio State House that will help a lot of Ohioans to get the kind of trades that they need, uh, whether it's carpentry, electrical, uh, machining. There's all kinds of trades that uh, will actually be available. Available for people as they go forward, but uh, again, literacy is going to be the challenge. How do you see that turning around? Well, as a teacher, I mean, I'm a former teacher, and of course, education is part of my resume. I think the way it turns around is we start, you know, you start with the children, come on, but you also have to have a program of the parents learning how to read. You know, my father went to night school at John Adams. When we were in school, you have to be, because we have too big of a gap right now. We have such a big gap because people that are in their 20s and 30s, what is generation millennials and Gen Z, they can't read. We can't just throw them away, so we have to teach them how to read. We have to institute and implement programs that will teach the basic rudimentary functions of reading so that we can get those people into trades. Chris, college isn't for everybody, and I don't think anybody knows that. College is not for everybody, but we need electricians, we need plumbers, we need all of those things. The trades are very important to the sustaining of our society. We just need those things, but we have to teach them how to read, and we have to focus on our children, because our children are going to school. How do you come out of a public school system and not know how to read? Beverly Goldstein, I don't know if you remember her, she was one of the, she ran for this seat before, and I... I I think she did a fantastic job of alerting us, sending off the alarm that illiteracy was so high within our community. But you do realize nothing changed since she sounded that alarm because we have to get to the parents. We have to get to the stakeholders. And, you know, we have to elect people that are interested in those things changing, Chris. We we have had 10 years of a congresswoman who that possibly we didn't get here yesterday you know we this was systematic where our literacy ratio increased our poverty ratio increased and i think we need to have people that are interested in changing those things the time of old school politicians when we are just sitting here and we're not doing anything is over we need to represent the people chris it's time well, we want to get to America some other issues that, that we want to get to some other right. issues as well. So, want to talk to you about uh, health care support opportunities for quality health care that can be tailored to personal, family, and community needs and circumstances. So, this is part of your bullet point on your flyer. Uh, expand on that for us. Well, you know, Chris, I believe in community health care. You know, I believe that we should have community health care centers because oftentimes. The emergency rooms are being utilized as their primary health care facilities in many of the uh, poorer communities. They go to the emergency room, but that's not how you stay healthy. That's not how you get healthy, and it's not how you stay healthy. But community-based health care is what I'm about because we have to bring it into the community, and we have to make sure the children are at least comfortable seeing the same physician. If you go into the emergency room constantly, one, it's costly. 
It's extremely costly. But if you did community-based health care, we would be able to afford and we would be able to offer the community a chance to go and get standardized health care, but also systematically they would get regular health care. You don't get healthy by waiting until you're sick. You have to go get checkups. You have to go make sure that those things are available to the community members. And I am a strong proponent of community health care because in the poorer communities, sometimes they don't have the transportation. Sometimes they don't have the knowledge. But when you integrate community health care, you will find out that you, we, we will become healthier and we will have the ability to progress into all those other things. Chris, if you're not healthy, you're not going to read. If you're not healthy, you're not going to learn. If you're not healthy, you're not going to be in a position to grow. And that's what's happening within our community. We still have lead-based issues here in the city. I, I don't, you know, in the city of Cleveland, there's still some lead issues that are going on within certain housing developments. There's lead issues. We have to have community-based health care. And I think that's going to help our economy in the sense that we won't have to always look rely on the emergency room because the emergency room is what's pushing up costs. We did a lot of research into emergency room health care, and you cannot just count on the emergency room. We need to make sure that the children are having their annual visits and to make sure that anything that develops, we can catch it when it's young. And I think that goes across the board on anybody, Republican, Democrat. I am a Republican, and I, many people are, oh, but you guys want to cut. No, we don't. I think that the way to do this is to make sure it's widely available widely available because if you have community-based health care centers, I think people will go and I think they will seek out health care that will cut our budget because we're not utilizing the emergency facilities and we're not on a seek and find mission when we're helping people. We actually can focus on what is wrong and how do we treat it. Because, And I want to go on one more, mental health. I think we have some serious mental health issues. I think the opioid crisis is out of control now because while we were locked up, many people ignored it. We were locked up because of the pandemic. The opioid crisis got out of control. I think we need to focus in on that mental health and the opioid crisis, plus the community-based health care for our children. We're talking with Laverne. We're talking with Laverne Gore. She is a candidate for the 11th congressional district, and the special primary is August 3rd. And so uh, again, this is a special primary on August 3rd. The general election will be in November, of course. But for both the Democrat and Republican candidates that are running for office in the 11th congressional district, and uh, that includes uh, Euclid and Shaker Heights and Bedford and Cleveland Heights and Cleveland, uh, Seven Hills, Broadview Heights, Richfield, Akron. Uh, that can, includes the 11th Congressional District. And again, this is a special primary, August 3rd. So if you haven't considered voting, and I know it's uh, in the middle of summer, but it's an important uh, election nevertheless. Laverne, as we look at the pandemic this last year, small business has really taken a hit. And some of the uh, uh, you know business reports have been that small business is even now more struggling because of the uh, all the giveaways in Washington, whether it's extended unemployment benefits, uh, whether it's some of the stimulus payments that people have gotten. Uh, some people are actually making more money from the government in a socialistic manner than to go back to work. So small businesses to attract new employees are having to pay more. 
but actually some small businesses aren't able to do that. And so the national chains may be able to uh, take that adjustment. Small businessmen and women are not. And so that doesn't portend well for small business in Northeast Ohio. Uh, the, the, the events of, of what is occurring right now is yet to be fully known. But your thoughts about small business and the expense of small business and keeping it going. I'm a small business owner, you know, and that's how I've uh, fed my family. I'm a widower, and for the last 10 years, that's what's happened. I've had to feed my family based on the small business that I run, the consulting business on healthcare. But I am appalled that nobody wants to work. I mean, I don't know how the rest of the country feels, but there are help-wanted signs everywhere, but you're absolutely right. It, they can't compete with the allocations that are being given out by the government. They can't compete. And so nobody wants to go look for work. There are help wanted signs up and down the street of my community, my neighborhood, every, every mall you go to, there's help wanted signs. Now, I have to say to you that maybe we needed to do some adjusting and pay because I don't know, and I, and I guess I'm questioning why the government would want to compete with small business because that's the reason nobody's going to work. I have people that I know when I'm going, you know, I walk, the, when I say I walk the streets, I'm handing out literature in all neighborhoods, right? And many of the people are saying to me they make more money on unemployment than they do uh, going to work. But when does it end, Chris? When are we going to say, okay, the pandemic we understood, we didn't have, uh, uh, we didn't feel comfortable going out. But right now, Right now, there you, there's a 99% recovery ratio for coronavirus. I don't know if you know that. I don't know if you've looked at the statistics. We need to go back to work. And I don't think that the government should continue to harm, and I say harm, small businesses by competing with them just for workers. Because I don't think that it's smart nor diligent for us as a community to not work, Chris. We need work. A man and women must work because that's part of the fulfillment. But if we're sitting at home doing nothing and we're getting paid to do nothing, and it is socialism, and I do have a problem with it because small businesses are closing after the pandemic. Okay, the pandemic is under control, but they're still closing and they're not thriving because of the fact they have no workers. The workers are not coming back. And why? Come on. It's time. We all know we had a good we had a good run of it. The pandemic took care of us. We got some money from the unemployment. And now it's time to go back to work. It really is. Because how are we going to pay for this as a nation? How are we going to pay for all of these giveaways? Nobody has asked that question, and I don't think anybody wants to answer it because I think if they, the shock would be that I don't know that we can. I don't know if we're just a nation that's going to be placing itself into debt. And to me, I, I have Democrat and Republican people that will vote for me. I'm hoping every Republican comes out to vote because I need you to come out on August 4th. But right now, I think it just harms the country that we're not working. Small business is the backbone of our society. That's how many people pull themselves up in the middle class. What are we trying to say to them? 
What are we trying to say to those people that aspire for entrepreneurship? You can't do that anymore if nobody's working. And I think that a lot of the ills that are happening within our society come as a result of the fact that we have gotten to a point that we're just expecting something to be given. And we can't continue to expect anything to be given because what happens when we take it away? What happens when it doesn't exist anymore? That's all I'm asking. We need to go back to work. Well, we want to turn we want to turn a corner here about the southern border. During the Biden administration so far in the last six months, there has been an increased amount of illegals crossing the border. The Biden administration has uh, literally has an open door policy to illegals entering this country. Many of the President Trump's former policies have been stepped aside, and unfortunately, the border wall, in fact, the construction of the border wall was suspended. One of the first acts that uh, President Biden did was suspend the completion of the border wall, the very thing that President Trump ran on, and many Americans supported. President Biden did just the opposite in signaling uh, to those people in Central America and beyond uh, that we have open borders to the south. And unfortunately, there's an invasion going on. Those people in Texas and Arizona and New Mexico there and California, they are seeing these immigrants. It's a humanitarian crisis as uh, these people are pouring in over the border. But it's not just there. Uh, Laverne, that's in Northeast Ohio. Uh, last Sunday, my wife and I were on our way to church. We saw two white buses with shaded windows. It, they weren't prison buses. They had U.S. government plates. They did not have the chain link fence around the windows as prison buses do. And we pulled up to see who was driving it, and it looked like it was military personnel. Then we found out that the Biden administration has been using the U.S. military to, to move around uh, illegals that have entered the country and taking them to communities all around the country, and that includes right here in Ohio. So uh, this immigration invasion, uh, illegal immigration invasion, is taking place right here in Ohio. Uh, Obviously, there's only so many dollars that go back into the community. When these illegals coming in, they're wanting all kinds of welfare payments and handouts from the government. That takes away from the residents of Northeast Ohio. What are your thoughts about the illegal immigration problem and the open borders problem uh, during the Biden administration so far? Well, I know that I agreed with the past President Trump, uh, build the wall. We can't afford to take care of everyone. But my whole thing is if you can give immigration, you can give illegal immigrants this money and you can take care of them. What about our seniors? They're really catching it. You know what I'm saying? They're not getting these extended benefits that these the illegal immigrants are getting. I think we need to continue the wall. But I'm wondering why aren't people mad? Because I'm mad. I'm mad. My son lives down in Texas, and you're absolutely right. They're fearful of the fact that these people, and they're unvaccinated, too. I want you to know that. Nobody's making anybody get any vaccinations. I am saying to you, we should be very mad. These extended benefits, we cannot continue them. And we must stop illegal immigration. There's nothing wrong with legal immigration. Now, you know that. We're, we're all charitable people here. And we, if you come in the right way, we're excited about you. But I don't want you to come in the right way and get benefits that Americans are not getting. I'm, I'm being honest with you. You should be self-sustaining. I do not believe that we have come to terms with what will happen to us down the road by this open border policy. 
Now, I wasn't exactly aware of the fact that they are shipping them to Ohio, but I knew they were putting them on buses, and I figured they were taking them in the neighboring communities. But if they're coming to Ohio, I think we should all be upset. As a congresswoman, I believe that we have to stop illegal immigration. And I'm not certain what the current president is thinking. I don't know what his motivations are. I don't understand how he can want to not help Americans and help illegal immigrants. I don't understand. I, I have, I've seen the opioid crisis. I've seen health care. I've seen education. I've seen all of that. And then you're flooding our schools. You're flooding our hospitals you're fl with illegal immigrants that are taking away services. How can I don't understand what his motivation is. I know what President Trump's motivation was. He really was trying to sustain America. He really was. He was trying to do something that I haven't seen done since I was a child. But I don't know what the motivation of president, the current president is. I have no idea. So, well, yes, we do need the board. Well, thank you, Laverne, for being my guest today. Again, that's Laverne Gore. She is a candidate in the Republican primary of August yes, 3rd for the 11th Congressional District. That's uh, And her website is LavergoreForCongress.com. Thank you, Laverne. God bless you. Thank you, Chris. Bye now. Well, again, we want to thank our guests for coming on the program today. If you missed any of today's program, you want to hear it in its entirety at our website at ohioca.org. And again, the voter guides for the August 3rd special primary of both the 11th Congressional and the 15th Congressional will be on the, the voter guide on our website at ohioca.org or just search Ohio Christian Alliance. Also, the information about the Ohio Christian Alliance Freedom Banquet coming up Friday, September the 17th. You can register online at our website. God bless you. You have been listening to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. To learn more about the issues that matter most to you and your family, visit online at ohioca.org. That's ohioca.org. Thank you for listening. This program is sponsored by the Ohio Christian Alliance of Akron, Ohio.